Oh, we're starting a new series today called Discover Yourself. And you'll see on the PowerPoint here that the D-I-S-C is capitalized. It is an acronym, DISC. It is a personality profile. And I have created a personality profile for Solid Rock for us to use in ministry, for us to use in marriage counseling, in parent and child counseling, uh, for you to use in your business, for you to use in your relationships. It's incredibly exciting, and it started with Ezekiel in 600 B.C. Ezekiel has this prophecy of this four-headed creature that we're going to read about, and the four-headed creature can represent the four main personality gifts that God has given to us, um, the high giftings, and you can be part of one or two or so forth. And then 193 years after Ezekiel gave that prophecy in 600 BC, Hippocrates, who was a philosopher that is not in the Bible, created his own personality profile. And that's where you might have heard words like sanguine or phlegmatic or type A or type B. The point is it started in the Bible. It started with Ezekiel. And the cool thing about what I'm going to teach you is when you do science properly or psychology properly, it actually proves the Bible because it all came from the Bible. Um, I've had the privilege of teaching this in secular communities and in offices and in businesses and stuff like that. Um, but it's incredibly helpful. I know you're going to love it. And um, every Fortune 500 company uses this. So if it helps them excel and do great things, then why shouldn't the body of Christ use the same thing to help us excel as well? Okay? So here's the scripture that it started with in Ezekiel 1. And we're not gonna, I'm going I'm to read it, then I'll talk about it later on in the sermon. But I just want you to get like a vision of it. Ezekiel 1 says, As I, Ezekiel, was living by the Kibar River, the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. Now, real quick, I want you to know that John the Revelator saw the exact same thing 700 years later in Revelation chapter 4. Exact same thing. So it's really cool. Also, when you read the Bible, um, I want you to know there's a lot of different ways you can gain from it. In other words, uh, when, when Abraham took his son Isaac up on the mountain to, to sacrifice him, that really physically happened. It physically took place. But it also spiritually represents that God sacrificed his only son for us. It emotionally represents that sometimes we have to put things that we want the most on the altar to show God that we love him more than the things we want. So there's a lot of different ways that you can take things out of the Bible. You with me? So when you read the scripture, <clears throat> it's kind of weird, but I promise we'll get to it. It'll, it'll be really good. Okay. It says, I heard the Lord speak to me and I felt his power. I looked up and saw four living creatures in human form. As for their faces, they had the face of a man on the front, the face of a lion on the right, the face of an ox on the left, and the face of an eagle in the back. Now, didn't that scripture just bless you so much? Wasn't that an exciting scripture right there? Okay, so all through the Bible, the amplification of these four living creatures, the, the qualities, the characteristics, the strengths, and the weaknesses of each four of these creatures is completely congruent from Genesis to Revelation. It all lines up completely. Um, and so these four creatures, this four-headed creature, is the different main personality gifts we're going to talk about in about 20 minutes. Okay, But I wanted to read that to you just so you can kind of get a feel of where we're going. You all with me so far? Yeah. I promise it's going to be exciting. I promise. Just stay with me. You're going to love it. I promise. Or your spouse is going to love it for you. It's going to be so good. So the title of today's sermon part one is this. Who am I? Who am I? Um, the goal of this series, when I teach you about your unique individual personality, is for you, number one, to have more confidence in your life. We need more confidence. You can't be confident in God if you don't know who he created you to be. It's also very important that you know who you're not supposed to be. Because once you discover who God did not create you to be, it's a lot easier to say no to certain things in life that don't have to do with your destiny. Your destiny is lined up with the personality God gave you. He calls you, he speaks to you, he asks you to go forward based on your personality. And I'm going to show you that, it's amazing. 
But I, I wonder how many of you, and, and don't raise your hands, how many of you have been in a relationship in some point in life where you felt controlled or manipulated and you could not be yourself and you felt like you were drowning and you just wanted to come up for air and, and that person just keeps pushing you down trying to tell you to be this way or be that way or be this and you're thinking that's not who I am but I'll do it because I love you. You know, I'll do it. If, if it means you being attracted to me, then I'll change who I am. You know, if it means me feeling like I'm going to fit in with this group of friends, then I'll change who I am. You know, society has a way of doing that to us, trying to make us into something we're not. There are people in school. I remember in school, everyone kept telling me to calm down and be quiet. I don't want to calm down. That's not who I am. I'm not that person. When I was in um, 10th or 11th grade, I discovered that, you know, <laughs> That my personality was very unique in that all my friends would wait for me to tell them what we're going to do. I mean, after we, we didn't have cell phones. I know, I know. It was back when we were riding horses. We didn't have cell phones or, or text messages or nothing. We all had CBs. We had antennas on our truck, and we all talked on CBs. So after school, everybody would get on the certain CB channel, and they'd wait for John Paul to tell them, here's what we're all going to do tonight. We're all going bowling tonight. Meet me here. We're all going mud bogging. We're all going down by the river. And everybody would be waiting for John Paul to lead them and tell them the direction we're going. At first, I felt like there was something wrong with me, but I realized that's who God made me to be. And so many times, even in marriages, even in marriages, because we don't have the same strengths, it's easy to think, well, that person's not as healthy as I am. You know what? You got weaknesses, they got weaknesses, and you have different strengths as well. Just because their strengths aren't like yours, doesn't mean my, my, my wife is a high eye personality. She's very excited. She always has ideas. One week she wants to climb Mount Everest. The next week she wants to save the dolphins. The next week she wants to start her own business. The next week she wants to sing Kumbaya. Like there's always something she's wanting to do. And so for, for, for a while I felt like I'm a failure as a husband because we just did something last weekend. Do we have to do something all? Do we have to go in this direction? And she'd make me, and not, it was just her personality, you know, she, she'd make me feel like we got to do something else. And I thought, we just, you know, what, what's wrong with me? And so I learned through her personality that, listen, when she has an idea, I just say, baby, let's pray about it for two weeks. After two weeks of prayer, if we both feel good about it, we'll climb Mount Everest, you know? And I've learned that nine times out of ten, by the next day, she forgets all about it. And everything's fine, right? Because that's her personality type. The goal in 2 Corinthians 3.17 is this, for us to have freedom to be who God created us to be. Not freedom to sin, not freedom to do whatever you want to do, but freedom to be you. Be the you God made you. All of my kids have different personalities, and, and the Bible even teaches us, and I'll show you in, in part two or part three of the series, that God has commanded parents to raise their kids based on the personality that God gave them, not based on the parent's personality. And I wonder how many parents are medicating their children because they don't have the same personality the parent has. One of my kids, Eli, he's a high C, and so all growing up, he could go in his room for hours and play with Legos by himself. And that's just who he was. He wasn't outside with a bunch of kids like Zach was. They were different. How evil would it be for me to say, hey, why can't you be more like this child? How evil is that? God gave him a specific personality gift. And I realized with Eli, when I wanted to spend time with him, I could go in his room, but I could not touch his Legos. I had to watch him do it because that's the kind of child he was. That was his personality. And he was very happy being alone. Well, Zach always had to go do something. He always had to get out there and, and, do, and do something. Always had to be done and I had to learn. My oldest son, Logan's a high S. 
He'll do whatever you want to do. He's very compliant. Yeah, well, whatever you want to do. If, if Logan was my only son, I could have traveled the world and preached parenting seminars on how easy it was to be a parent. But then God gave me Zach. I must have done something wrong. No, no it's, just, it's just a different personality. Jeremiah 1.5, God said, before I formed your body, I knew you. I knew the passions you would have. I knew the desires you would have. I knew the personality that I was going to give you. That's what God knew. So for your notes, point number one is this. Real quick, I am unique. I am unique. I was going to put weird, but unique is a lot better word. 1 Timothy 4.16, do not neglect your personality gifts. Look well to yourself and your own personality. Listen, God will help you become everything that he's created you to be. But he will not help you at all become somebody you were not created to be. That's why it's very important that you learn who you're not supposed to be as well. Um, God went to great lengths to make us unique. I, I read the other day that, that 105 billion people have lived on earth. And that's including the ones that are still living. But 105 billion with a B. Out of 105 billion people. Listen. You see that little one inch by half an inch space on the top of your finger out of 105 billion people nobody who has ever lived and nobody who will ever live will have your same fingerprint isn't that amazing the lengths that god went to to make sure we were all individual unique people same thing with your personality god loves variety the same god who made the stallion made the mule the same God who made the goldfish, you know, made the killer whale. The same God who made the ladybug, made the cockroach. The same God who made me, made Mark. God loves variety. He loves to do things like that. So, okay, point number two is this. Um, I am called to be in a family. Um, I want you to understand that the reason God gave you this personality is for you to connect with the rest of the body to build the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verse 11 says, All gifts, there's your personality right there. Achievements and abilities are given by the Holy Spirit to teach each person individually, exactly as he chooses. For the body of Christ has many parts. All the parts form that one body. Nobody has it all. So when you take that personality profile test that I created for you, um, don't be checking every single box. You know, nobody has everything. That's the reason we need each other. That's the reason it's fun to be married. It's fun to have a family. It's fun to have a church family because you need the strengths from that other person. Um, in 2006, whenever I, I felt like God called me to, to, to speak or to be a pastor, um, I was 26 years old. And so before my first service in the library, I basically went around town and interviewed um, the most successful pastors in Myrtle Beach. And um, just based on what I'd heard and, you know, what I knew and, and their church and so forth. And so I went to this, because I didn't know what it meant to be a pastor. I had no idea anything. I just knew God called me, and so I'm doing research. And so I went to this one pastor who I knew. For, I met him at different events and stuff. And everyone said how great of a pastor he was. And, and every time I met him, he was super nice, just super nice guy, super sweet. And he's an older guy. He's retired now. Um, this was back in 2006. And so I, I, I went to his church, and I interviewed him first. And he was the nicest, sweetest, most calm, kind pastor you had ever met in your life. Everyone in Myrtle Beach 20 years ago knew this guy. He was like Mr. Rogers of pastors. I mean, he was the sweetest, nicest guy. And so I met with him, and he was so calm, and he smiled the whole time. 
And when I was with him, it was like there was nobody in the world but he and I. I was the most important person to him in that moment. I felt so good. And so I went to his church service one Sunday. And as soon as he got up to preach, God is my witness. I looked around. And as soon as he opened up his Bible, 30% of the congregation fell asleep. They knew, like, this is nap time. I looked around and I thought, what is, what, what's going on? You know, they're not praying. You know, he's, he's reading. He's not praying. Everybody's just sound asleep. And when he started to speak, I realized why it was nap time. He was the worst, most boring, horrible speaker I've ever heard in my life. I had no idea what he was talking about. There was no point. There was no meaning. I didn't learn anything. I thought, what is he? What are, is he speaking English? What's coming out of his mouth? As soon as he said amen to this incredibly long, boring sermon, everybody woke up. Then he went to the back of the church, and as every single person left, he shook every single person's hand. He would shake their hand and then put his other hand on top of their hand, and he would bend over and he'd say, it was so good to see you today, and he'd call them by name. Everyone, there was like 200 something people. It took longer for the congregation to leave than it did for his entire boring sermon. And so afterwards, I went to him and I said, um, I said, I enjoyed service. I said, how much time do you spend on sermon prep? And he said, oh, I don't. And I thought, wait, shows. And I said, I said, no time. He said, no, I just wake up on Sunday morning and just see what scripture the Lord leads me to talk about. I said, well, what do you do during your week? Do you create new areas of ministry? Do you have, you know, these big events happening? Do you plan these Bible studies? Like, well, what is it that you do? you write music? Like, what do you do? you write books? And he said, no, I just visit people all week. I said, you, you, where do you visit them? He said, I just surprise them at their house. I invite them over to my house. I meet them for lunch. I go to the hospital every day. And I left her thinking this. Please, God, tell me that's not what it means to be a pastor. I don't ever want to be a pastor. He just had a different personality. His, his way of showing love was based on spending time with people. My way of showing love is getting the task accomplished, making sure there's something productive for you to do. For you to, now, how was his church successful? Here's how. There were other personality gifts in the church that helped lead and direct and teach and do all the other things that he couldn't do. That's the reason we all come together as a body, because we have different strengths and different weaknesses. Ezekiel 1, 15 through 20, he said this about the four-headed creature. He said, as I look at the four living creatures, the wheel on the earth was beside each living creature with four faces. When they moved, they went toward one of four directions. They did not turn aside when they went. In other words, they were in such unity. They were in such togetherness that when God called them to go in a certain direction of the personality, they all went in that direction without even having to look that way. It's amazing. It says this, wherever the spirit wanted to go, they went. And the wheels were lifted together with them for the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Here's the point of saying, Satan wants you to be disconnected from the body. He wants you to be one of those attendees that come and just take from the service. He doesn't want you because once you become a member of that family, wherever the spirit moves, it takes your personality gift and you move with the spirit to do whatever God's calling the church to do. If God's calling, if we're having a big festival, the high eye personalities are in charge because it's big and fun and exciting and everybody moves in that direction. If we're calling you know, for a campaign to raise money, all the C personalities that are very detailed and organized, we go in their direction. We all move together. And here's the cool thing. When we do this, the spirit lifts us up. The reason some of you are spiritually malnourished is because you're not part of a body. 
get part of body. Your personality, God gave it to you for the intention of building the body of Christ. That's why you have the personality gifts you have. Point number three is this. I'm a three-part being. Here's where we get into the good stuff. I'm a three-part being. Okay, so you live in a body. Three A's of body. Your body's your earth suit, your bones, your, your, your muscles, you know, the tissue, all that kind of stuff. Now, you're going to get a new body. Everybody say amen for that. that one. You know what? Say hallelujah in Spanish. That's right. That's right. So everybody's going to get a new body. So you are not your body. Now, be healthy and take care of it, but don't put so much emphasis on your body because that's not who you are. You don't want people to fall in love with the body. You don't want them to know you as your body. It's your personality that, 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 that you really want them to know. Um, we're a spirit. We have a spirit. Now, the spirit of God, your spirit was dead until you got saved. When you gave your life to Christ, the Spirit of God comes inside of you and quickens your body. And the Spirit of God is what takes your soul, which is 3C, takes your soul to heaven. Your soul is your personality, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Um, the way we're going to know each other in heaven is based on our personality. It's not based on your body. They didn't even recognize Jesus in his, in his resurrected body. The way you're going to know your spouse, your children, your friend, the way you're going to know who Martin Luther King Jr. is, the way you're going to know who Moses is, the way you're going to know all these, it's all based on personality. That's how you're going to recognize them. Their soul. So what does your soul look like? What is your personality like when it's actually healthy? It looks exactly like it's going to look like in heaven. If you want to know what you're going to look like in heaven, become more soul healthy. Get your, your mind, your will, your emotions. Psalms 19.7, amazing scripture. Word of the Lord is perfect. It restores the soul. It restores the whole person. In other words, um, when you leave here and, and you listen to the wrong things on the radio, your soul's breaking down. You go home and you watch that R-rated movie with nudity, your soul's breaking down. You get at work tomorrow and people are gossiping about the boss, your soul's breaking down. You start getting upset, angry, frustrated, living in strife, your mind's going all the wrong directions, your soul's breaking down. Every time you get in the Word, your personality is being healed. Every time you hear the word of God, every time you worship, every time you praise, every time you read the Bible, every time you meditate on the scripture, every time you're around faith-filled people that lift you up and pray for you, all these things are restoring your mind, your will, your emotions, your personality. See, this is what I mean. Some of you, you don't even know who you are. You've been so broken. You've been in such ungodly relationships. You've had the wrong things poured into you for so long, you don't even know who God created you to be. You have no idea. And you have these, these the mind, will, emotions. You have these thoughts, you have these feelings, and you have these desires that don't line up with what God wanted to line up with for your life. And you wonder why you keep going in that direction. Why do you want these things that you shouldn't want? Why do you think about these things that you shouldn't think about? Because you're not being restored. Get in a place like this or wherever where, you get, where the word of God is teaching you to the point where it's like a broken vase that God keeps trying to put back together. And you keep going out in the world and it gets broken again. And God's saying, I want to fix you and put you back together and mold you in my image and turn you into the beautiful vase that I've called you to be. Getting rid of the cracks, getting rid of all the problems in it. And you become restored and then you realize this is who I am. This is the personality that God's given me. It's a good sermon, but y'all are just being quiet. That's okay. That's okay. The second service amens me at least, at least three times. I'm just kidding. I'm, I love y'all way better than the next service. Are we recording? I'm just kidding. Okay, so, um, so 700 years after Ezekiel had his prophecy, John had the exact same thing he saw in heaven. Uh, Revelation 4. Surrounding the throne on each of his sides were four living creatures covered with eyes. <laughs> 
Do you hear how that rhymed? Let me say it again. That was like um, green eggs and ham. Watch this. Surrounding the throne on each of his sides were four living creatures covered with eyes. <laughs> In front and behind with intelligence. That's all I got. With intelligence. The first creature was a lion. The second was an ox. The third one had the face of a man. And the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Okay, go to your handouts. You see the four creatures. Put them on the screen. We'll start with the... Now, what I'm going to do is for the next 10 minutes as we close, I'm going to um, go over the four main giftings. And I want, as I talk about it, for you to kind of feel which ones resonate with you so that when you take your profile test this week, um, you know kind of the direction you're going in. And it's either going to be one major or one major and one minor or two majors. It's not going to be, you know, three or four. Um, uh, so you're not all that in a bag of chips, okay? We all, we all have we all have different sessions. But, but as we go through it, I want you to kind of make a mental note. And, you know, what's really cool is sometimes our spouse and our kids know us better than we do. Sometimes we have these um, walls we put up and we only see ourselves. you know, we think that our body odor smells like roses all the time, but our kids can really see who we really are, you know. So it's fun to take this test at home with somebody that knows you and you ask them, hey, tell me what you see about me, you know, it's really cool. So um, the C personality is the eagle. They are competent, they are cautious, they're calculating, they're complex, but they're also critical. Here's why, the C personality sees the details in everything, everything. And if you're married to a C personality, they probably don't talk a lot, but when they do, they tend to point out what's wrong or what needs to be fixed. Now, I know you're thinking that that's a weakness. Every strength is a weakness. You hear me? Y'all look at me. I'll tell you when to look down. Y'all look. Every strength is a weakness. So C personalities are the ones, um, most of the surgeons, doctors are C personalities. They're very intellectual. They have the highest IQ of all four personality gifts. They're not good in a crowd. They're better one-on-one. And, and when you think about a C personality, um, let's say that you're traveling to Mars on a spaceship that was built by the lowest bidder. And uh, you're about to get on the spaceship, and, and, and you have the D personality who says, hey, let's just get it done. Come on, let's go. Let's leave right now. You have the S personality that says, hey, whatever y'all want to do, we'll do. The I says, oh, this is going to be so fun. Let's bring chess. Let's bring some games around. Get done. And the C personality says, whoa, 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 whoa. I see a lot of things that are wrong. Now, normally you'd think, well, that person's negative. I don't like them. Which one of these four do you want to check out that spaceship before you travel to Mars? You want the C to do it. And see, when you pick a doctor, you think, this doctor doesn't have good bedside manner. How come they can't be nice and kind and funny? And how come they don't like, no, no, listen, do you want someone that's nice, kind, and funny? Or do you want one that sees all the details and makes sure everything is fixed and done right before it's done? That's who you want, okay? Okay, so the C hungers for understanding and excellence. My, my, I told you my son Eli was a C. So anytime there was change, and because C's do not like change, when there was change, we had to help him understand why we're changing. And it made him feel so much, if we're changing the paint color on the wall, well, it's because we got this new piece of furniture and we want it to match this and see this color in here. And once the C understands, they're okay with change. But other than that, they don't like change. So you have to explain it to them, okay? The D is the dominator, direct, decisive, doer, the driver. Uh, my personality is a D-I. I'm, I'm D and then I got I as my secondary. Uh, the D hungers for productivity and speed. Thank God I talk fast or we'd be here for an hour every Sunday. Um, they, they love challenges and they have to be in control, by the way. They love challenges. They tell a D personality, you know what, I don't know if you can do this. They'll do it. They'll find a way. Um, their reaction phrase is, let's get it done now. And let me go back to the C. The C reaction phrase says, I've got to make sure I do it right. I'm going to do it by myself. 
It's going to take me longer, but I'm going to do it right. Now, when Joshua and Moses were at the promised land, Joshua said, we are well able to go and take over. Let's do it now. We're well able to possess the land. Let us go up at once. We have to do it right now. Joshua was the deep. And then Moses, the high sea, said, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's take 40 days and let's send in 12 spies and let them come back and run all the numbers and write down the point of entry and how we're going to take over. Look, that's the C personality. You see the difference? Okay, the S personality, the steady, supportive servants, they're the most faithful of all. An S personality will never file for divorce, which is a good thing unless they're being abused, which is a bad thing. But an S personality, will, they'll be faithful through anything. They are suckers as well. If you're ever trying to sell Amway, hope that you get an S personality on the phone. They'll buy so much from you. <clears throat> Mary Kay, whatever you want to sell, make sure you get an S on the phone. They hunger for relationships and peace. They hate conflict. They hate conflict. They just need peace. Their reaction phrases, there's nothing so important that we can't just relax and be friends. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not political. Okay, I'm going to make it even. I'm going to tell you why people who love Donald Trump love him and why people who hate him hate him. I'm going to do the same thing for Joe Biden, okay? It's all personality. If you, under, if you really use this in life and you start applying it to your relationships, your relationships will be so much better. Um, you'll start understanding your children, your, your spouse, I promise you. And also understand when you choose pastor or doctor or president, what you're going after. Donald Trump is a high D personality, okay? Listen, he does not care how people feel. He does not care if they're hurt. He doesn't care if they don't like them. He doesn't care how people go. He only cares about the task. It's got to get done. I have to accomplish this right now. You said I can't do it. Just for that, I'm going to prove I can do it today. I have to get it done. I don't care how you feel. I don't care what, as long as I accomplish the task. People who love him, that's why they love him. Listen, people who hate him, that's why they hate him. Because of his exact same strength. Every strength is a weakness. Get it done now, but you're impatient. Hey. They're both from God, yet impatience wrong, getting it done now is right. It's the same thing. Now, um, uh, Biden is one of the very few high S personalities that's ever been president before. He's like, listen, he cares about peace. He just wants everybody to be happy. Whatever we do that makes everyone happy, the majority's happy, that's what we're gonna do. The people who love him, that's why they love him. The people who hate him, that's why they hate him. It's all personality. It all has to do with your personality gift. And these are strengths. They're both strengths. So I'm being even in my political thing here. They're both strengths and they're both weaknesses. You with me? Yeah. Okay, I hope I didn't lose any of y'all. Okay, high eye personality. The influencer, inspired, involved. The eye is the first one to get interested in something. The first one to sign up. The most impulsive one. The high eye personality are usually comics. They're, you know, Robin Williams. And just as, as, as high as an eye can go is just as low as they can go as well. So if you're married to one, you have to always, and I'll teach you how to help stabilize them in life. They hunger for enthusiasm and people. Their reaction phrase is, let's all get excited. Let's all just have fun and get excited. And when Micah comes home from her event, the first thing she says is, everyone had a good time. Well, I want to know, what did you accomplish? Oh, everyone had fun. But what did you accomplish? What was productive? Everybody had fun. <laughs> Okay, next page. The surveys. This is around the world surveys. Most high Ds, there's 3% of them in the world. High Ds. Most, and a lot of D personalities come out of Russia, by the way. Um, S personalities, there's 69%. And listen, thank God there's only 3% of Ds or else we'd be in World War 18 by now. Okay? S personalities, there's 69% of the population. And a lot of S's come from the islands. Bahamas, Jamaica, uh, South America. 
Um, high, high personalities, 11%, high C's, 17% of the population. A lot of high C's are also left-handed, by the way, which is interesting. Okay, so last page, and then I'll close with this. Um, as you can see, the C and the D, you see how they're going up? They're, they're purpose. They're task-oriented. They're about goals, facts. They're intense. They're determined. Now, the C is task-oriented by themselves. The D is task-oriented by getting a lot of people to help accomplish it. Um, uh, the, 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 if I were ever to give any of you a microphone and say, hey, I need you to come up here and talk for 30 minutes, or say, hey, listen, there's 10,000 people outside. I need you to make a speech. The way that you would feel um, going out there and talking to 10,000 people is the same way I feel when I'm around one or two of y'all. That same pit in your stomach, what am I doing here? I don't belong here. I don't know what to say. I'm so uncomfortable. I could throw up. It's the same thing. Put me in front of 10,000 people. I'm fine. Put me in a room with 100 people. I don't care as long as it's a big group. But put me around one or two or three people, and it destroys me. I, I can't stand. I'm sweating the whole time. Uh, it's just not my personality. The C personality has to be by themselves. If they're great one-on-one, -on -one, the D has to have a lot of people around Okay, if you look at the DI, they are leaders. The D leads people on a task. The I leads people to have fun. They are results-oriented. Results-oriented. And I'm teaching this so when you take the test, you know what to do. SI, you go down. SI, they are people-oriented. The S wants people to, have, to relax and have peace. The I wants people to have fun and do big things. Then you look to the left, the CS, they are followers. The C will follow based on the task, right? Because you got task up top. The S will follow people based on the process of peace. They're process-oriented. Okay, now we're going to the test. And listen, you can text me, email me, call me, and I'll help you. Tomorrow night at 7 p.m., I'll be here to help you with any of your questions. If you want to take the test or have any questions on the test, 7 p.m. tomorrow night, I'll be here. That's in between the women's discipleship. So 7 p.m. Okay, look at the test. Here's what you're going to do this week. Here's your homework. And you better do it, and you better make your husbands do it, ladies. You make the man do it, okay? So, um, you have to write a two down, but you don't have to write a one. A two is, this is in me all the time, this burns within me, this is who I am. The one is sometimes, you know, mostly. I see that. So, one would be your secondary. So, it goes across. For instance, let's look at number five, okay? Number five under the D says, get things done. For me, I would put a two there. Loves a crowd, I'd put a one there. And then S is loves time with a friend. I have no S in me whatsoever. And the C is high standards. So on one of those lines, you would put a two. You have to put a two somewhere on that line, on the number five. Get things done, loves a crowd, loves time with a friend. You have to put a two. You can put a one somewhere, but you don't have to. You understand? I hope you understand. Do this with your kids, you're gonna have a lot of fun. Okay, let's go to another one, go to the next slide. Let's go to number, <clears throat> okay, so a number 34, let's look at 34, okay, so 34, you have two of the same and you have to decide which gift it is. So number 34 says, can see the big picture under the D, you got that? But the I also says, can see the big picture. So here's what you gotta realize, the D can see the big picture with the task, the building, the, the, what we're trying to accomplish. The I sees the big picture with all the people. How can I get all these people to have fun and go in this direction? Because the I is people, the D is task. You with me? And then, of course, it says low-key, pleasant, or avoids the limelight. There. Look at number 35. Adventurous with the task. I want to climb Mount Everest. The I personality is adventurous with, let's all of these people go out together and do something. 
So you see the difference when you have the two together. I feel like I'm losing you. Okay, okay, you can call me. Okay, let's keep going. What's the last one? So here's what you do. You go to the end. You, 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 I put the math equation on here for you to figure out your percentage. You add up all of your strengths, all of your weaknesses. Listen, when it gets to the weaknesses, you might not want to have your spouse there helping you fill it out, okay? I remember I did this with a, with a group one time, and this couple, they were so prideful. They come back and they said, you know what? All of the strengths resonate with us, but we can't find one single weakness. I thought, are you kidding me? There's 400 things on there. You know, you have to, you have to put a two somewhere. A friend of mine a while back called me and he said, um, he said, John Paul, I need you to pray for me. He said, I have the, the biggest job interview of my life. And it's over the phone with the CEO. And he said, I have to sell myself. And, and I don't know what to say. I, what do I say about myself? And I said, dude, what do you say? I said, you say that you're incredibly detailed. You say that you, you, you love doing things one-on-one. -on -one. You say that you could be in a room to figure out what's wrong. If it takes you all day long, you're going to come out and you have full integrity. I said that you're very calculating. You're great with numbers and all went all on. And he started crying. He said, nobody knows me like you do. How do you know these things? And I lied. And I said, because I love you and you're my friend. The truth is I know it because he's a C personality. You should be able to, when you look at these strengths, if I said to you, tell me a dozen great things about your spouse, you should be able to spit it off in 10 seconds. I mean, in 10 seconds, you'd be able to say a dozen things. But if I said to you, tell me, tell me some things that's wrong, tell me some weaknesses, you, you give me two dozen, right, in 10 seconds. Listen, you gotta learn all the strength. You have no idea how many strengths people have. I mean, it's, it's a, the strengths that are inside of you, when you go through this list, I think it's gonna amaze you. I, I think it is. So, let me see what I wanna tell you before we go. Oh. Um, in 1 Samuel 16, and I'll close with this. Uh, remember when Jesse was lining up all of his sons to be the next king? Samuel said, Jesse, God said that one of your sons is the next king. Remember that? And Jesse lines up all of his boys except for who? Except for who? Okay, David wasn't there. He thought, well, <laughs> David don't have qualities like that. We, can't, we don't need him to be out here. Here's what's so sad about that. Jesse had a king living in his home and he didn't even know it. He had a king as a child and he never saw it. And so many times in life, we always see the weaknesses. We always see, oh, they don't have, and really all you're doing is seeing, well, they don't have my strengths. Of course they don't. They have a different personality than you. You might have a queen living in your home right now, and you don't even know it. So all you see is what's wrong. I, I read a book years ago, um, this hospice nurse. Uh, a hospice nurse is someone who, they take care of a person in the last stage of their life. And this hospice nurse, she had, she had taken care of hundreds and hundreds of people as they passed. And she wrote a book based on a question that she asked every person before they died before they started getting dementia, before they couldn't communicate anymore, she asked them, what was your greatest regret in life? Hundreds and hundreds of people she asked this to. She wrote a book based on their top two greatest regrets. The second one was they wished they had spent more time with their family, just so you know. The first, the number one regret that every person had, and they said in their own words, but the way she wrote it I thought was very cool. She said this, I wish I had been true to who I was and not just lived to meet the expectations of others. 
She was saying their greatest regret was, I wasn't me. I was somebody, I let fear, insecurity, sin, condemnation, whatever, this person, that, I let all, that, all these things stop me from being the real me. Man, there's nothing more free than learning who God made you to be and being that person, embracing it. Amen.